Hello, everyone, and welcome to Saving Minds, the podcast that uncovers the best of what's new in the search for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease treatments. We're your co-hosts. I'm Shanti Skiffington. And hello, I'm Dr. Elliot Goldstein. Today, we're welcoming Dr. Scott Knapper of the Vaccine and Infectious Disease Organization International Vaccine Center, who's going to tell us more about the vaccine for Alzheimer's disease that's in development. Scott, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. So we're thrilled to have you. Um, Dr. Neil Cashman joined us just a few weeks ago to talk about the work that you're actually doing together to develop a vaccine for Alzheimer's. And this is such an exciting topic that we want to revisit it uh, more today. But before we dive in, would you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your organization? Yeah, my pleasure. Um, so I am a professor within the College of Medicine at the University of Saskatchewan, specifically within the Department of Biochemistry, Microbiology, and Immunology. And I'm also a senior research scientist with, with Vito Intervac. My background, I started as a protein biochemist, actually doing x-ray crystallography. And fairly early in my career, I, I came to develop a love for infectious diseases and vaccines. So sort of marrying those two things together in terms of protein structure function and vaccines, I sort of naturally gravitated towards the development of vaccines for the protein misfolding diseases, things like the prion diseases, um, ALS, and now with Alzheimer's. In terms of where I work, so Vito Intervacchi is part of the University of Saskatchewan. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had our 45-year birthday, so we've been around for 45 years. Um, in that time, we have commercialized 10 vaccines. We have close to 200 patents assigned to the organization. There's about 170 people who work here representing just a broad spectrum of expertise and backgrounds. And we have some of the, the most advanced infrastructure in the world, including level three capabilities, and not just level three capabilities in the traditional sense, but for, for large animal models. So while some institutes might have um, a level three that they can do mouse work or, or some work you know, on the benchtop, um, we can do it in large animals. So for cows, elk, you name it, if it walks, crawls, or slithers, we've probably worked on it. So quite unique in terms of our, our expertise and our infrastructure. Well, th th thanks for that uh, introduction. I'm sure it could have gone on a lot longer given the, the breadth and depth of uh, Vito Intervac. So um, as an organization that specializes in developing vaccines and challenging ones indeed, could you offer your expertise on why a vaccine for Alzheimer's has been so challenging to create and develop? What are some of the obstacles in achieving this goal? And when you think about the, the history of vaccines, I mean, traditionally they're applied to infectious agents um, like bacteria and viruses. And what we're talking about here when you're trying to develop a vaccine for, for Alzheimer's or cancer, that it, it's really a different paradigm and that has some functional consequences associated with it. So if you're trying to develop a vaccine against a particular pathogen, there's these clearly defined lines between the host and the pathogen. Whereas when you're talking about something like Alzheimer's disease, those lines start to get a bit more fuzzy, that it's really, it's part of your own body that's causing the problem. Um, so in terms of the philosophy of it, it becomes a bit harder to identify those targets. There's also the functional consequences of that, that our immune system goes to great lengths to make sure it's not um, inducing responses against self proteins. So what we have to be able to do to develop a vaccine for Alzheimer's is to, to convince it that it's important and necessary to develop an immune response against some specific aspect 
of a self protein. So there, there's a number of challenges associated with it. It's not a trivial task, but it's certainly the sort of a logical progression uh, of where vaccinology is going. So in, in the case of Alzheimer's disease, would, would, would you say, and I think we certainly would uh, on, you know, at Promise Neurosciences, um, would you say that that uh, protein moiety that you need to address very specifically would be the misfolded form of the toxic form of that protein, like a toxic oligomers of amyloid beta? Yeah, absolutely. And that's where, I mean, it gets even further complicated. This was something we saw with the prion diseases, which were really, you know, set the model and template for understanding protein misfolding diseases. That right. it's, it's not a, a simple model of folded good, folded bad, that you can have any number of intermediates associated with it. And it's probably just a small subset of those that are responsible for a lot of the pathology and the progression of the diseases. So you really need a very sophisticated understanding of what all of those intermediates look like and which are the most important ones to target to get a therapeutic benefit. Mm. Okay, and of course, avoiding targeting normal forms of protein that could have important or, you know, moderately important uh, physiological functions. So let me ask you then, uh, what are the characteristics, especially in this context? So in this context, what are the characteristics of a good vaccine? And how would this particular vaccine reflect those qualities? What are we really looking for in terms of quality? So obviously, when we're talking about vaccines, I mean, first and foremost, you have to be concerned about safety, that you're not going to be doing any any harm. Um, when we right. start to think about the efficacy, that there's going to be two central things that have to come together, and that's the antigen, which is the target of the vaccine, and then the adjuvant, uh, the, the strategies of formulation and delivery that you're going to be using. So in this particular example, um, Neil Cashman has done just an absolutely brilliant job of identifying what are the most dangerous intermediates within that misfolding process, and then within that, identifying targets that are specifically associated with those species, so these disease-specific epitopes, and he's managed to come up with a handful of those targets. So on the other side of it, in terms of formulation and delivery, you now need a way to be able to convince the immune system to develop a, a response against those targets. So it becomes very important of how you're going to present it to the body. So there's a couple things that Beto can bring to to the table. Um, one is in terms of carrier proteins that can be used to present the targets to be able to get a robust immune response, but also to make sure that you're getting the right type of immune response. Um, the other thing we have is a number of different adjuvant systems. So again, ways to stimulate the immune system. So we have this sort of perfect partnership where he has come up with these targets, we've come up with strategies to be able to get the types of immune systems we want, and hopefully bringing those together, we'll be able to come up with an effective vaccine. It does sound like this is just a perfect marriage of um, different skill sets and different accomplishments. If you were to be successful, which it sounds like you're on a good path to be successful, how would this vaccine change the way clinicians manage Alzheimer's disease? I mean, this changes everything. You know, if you look at the magnitude of the problem presented by Alzheimer's disease in terms of the burden to the healthcare system, in terms of the burden to society, and just in terms of personal burdens, I'm sure each and every one of us knows somebody um, who, who suffers from this terrible disease. And currently we have so few treatment options that are available. So to be able to come up with something that that's safe and effective, I, I think would be an accomplishment, you know, sort of unprecedented in modern times. It's really the holy grail. Of course, the holy grail is also prevention. Absolutely. Um, if 
right? If we can detect the uh, pathological process that's killing neurons in the brain before symptoms occur, maybe we can at least slow the progression of the disease to symptoms or maybe even stop it. So I think that could also be one of the really exciting uh, uh, you know, societal changes this could bring about. I agree 100% that once we start to, to develop these, these treatments, these interventions, and, and to be able to, to evaluate the consequences, that's going to not only give us these therapeutic benefits, but it's going to give us tools to start to pick apart the, the process by which this is occurring. Once we understand that process, we will be in a much better position uh, to be able to come with prophylactic treatments. Wow, it's really amazing. It really seems like so much is happening in Alzheimer's disease. It's really making things, the future, look a lot more positive. Can you share how your work on the vaccine is, is going right now? So for this particular project, I mean, each of the individual branches, um, Neil's been working for a long time to be able to identify these targets. Um, we're bringing our 45-year history in terms of vaccine formulation and delivery. Um, we're, we're just starting the project of combining those two things together. But importantly, I mean, we've worked with Neil before. And when you talk about you know, the importance of these partnerships and, and the expertise. I mean, that's certainly a huge part of it. But but the other part is in terms of the individuals, in terms of the personalities, that uh, I've had the opportunity to work with Neil in developing prion vaccines and working together on an ALS project that were quite similar. So a lot of that foundation is already in place and that, that working relationship is already in place. So I'm confident that's going to allow us to advance quite quickly. Wow, how encouraging is that? And um... You mentioned some of the things you've worked on in the past with, uh, with Neil Cashman, uh, but in addition, what are some of the other vaccines you've worked on that may be recognizable to a lay person uh, and may have been pivotal in changing the way a disease is managed or addressed? Could you tell us a bit about that? Well, one I'm sure that everybody will recognize um, is COVID-19, that for the past 10 months, um, Vito has completely refocused its efforts to be able to come up with a vaccine to get us out of this, this current pandemic. Um, what we've been able to do, uh, we were the first lab in Canada to isolate the virus. We were the first lab in Canada to establish an animal model of infection. And we were the first lab in Canada to develop a vaccine candidate. And what we're seeing in the animal models within the ferrets is that our, our vaccine is quite effective in terms of reducing the symptoms associated with infection, but also greatly reducing the, the viral load, um, reducing it by over a thousandfold. So in terms of protecting individuals and reducing their propensity to, to pass the disease on to others. Um, this vaccine looks very, very promising and we'll be moving forward into clinical trials, hopefully by Christmas time. Wonderful. Well, that's, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> it's been certainly the, the greatest challenge of, of any of our careers, but everybody in the organization has just stepped up and been working at full capacity on every day. I'm in amazement and, and totally inspired by, by the people I work with. Well, that is, that is outstanding. And um, we hope you, you share it with your American friends to the south of you, because uh, we're in dire need of a vaccine also. And Absolutely. We're all in this together. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And as we said to Neil in parting, you know, we'll, we'll let you get back to work because you're doing some very <laughs> important stuff. And um, we thank you for taking your time to explain this to us. You have a very nice style, a very nice way of explaining things. And we hope you'll come back and join us again soon. Thank you very much for the opportunity. It was a lot of fun. Hey, thanks for your time today, Scott. And great meeting you over the uh, over the Zoom connection. Yeah, hope you to be too. able to travel soon to Saskatchewan and we could enjoy a cup of coffee and maybe tour your facility, which I know is very impressive. That would be wonderful. I look forward to that. Thank you. So do we. Take care and have a great day. You too.